Hello, everybody. It's MJ and the gang again with uh, what's your fantasy fantasy football podcast. It's great to have you guys back after week two of some more fantasy football action. Our icebreaker today is going to be the movies we're most looking forward to in the upcoming months. Uh, mine is going to be Black Adam starring The Rock, of course. Me and my wife loved the Shazam movies. And if you don't know, Shazam's mortal enemy is Black Adam, which The Rock is playing. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out. Uh, Steven, who, who you got? Who you, what movie you're looking forward to? Yeah, so this is a movie I really haven't heard much about, but I've seen a trailer on it, and the <laughs> cast is incredible. Uh, it's a movie called Amsterdam, set to release October 7th here in the U.S., and it's about three friends who witness a murder and are framed for it. Apart from that, I don't know much about what this movie is about, but listen to who this cast is. So the leads are Christian Bell, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington, who's the main lead from Tenet. But here's who it's featuring. Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Zoe Saldana, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant, Taylor Swift, Rami Malek, and Robert De Niro. So if that lineup doesn't interest you, I don't know what will. So all-star cast. Don't know what the movie's about, but I'm stoked for the people that are in it. So yeah, Amsterdam. Okay. All right. Uh, how about you, Scott? Yeah, so the movie uh, I'm looking forward to, it's called Don't Worry Darling, and it actually premieres in two days, this Thursday, September 22nd. Uh, it's starring Florence Pugh. If you guys don't know who that is, she played Yelena Belova, uh, the adopted sister of Black Widow in the movie with the same title. Uh, the other people starring in this film include Harry Styles from One Direction, Olivia Wilde, who also is the director of the movie, Chris Pine, and Nick Kroll, who, if you guys are fans of the TV show The League, that's uh, one show that he is in. Uh, and then an interesting note about this movie, uh, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are actually currently dating, which I found out while doing some research on this movie. Uh, there's a 10-year age gap, but uh, they started dating once they started filming this movie. Uh, but it's, the synopsis uh, from the trailer, what I gathered, is there's some utopian town that's built out west, uh, and Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are like a newlywed couple that move out to this town, and then like some weird things start happening. It's a psychological thriller. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Give my guy Harry Styles some credit. You said Harry Styles from One Direction. My man has two solo albums at this point, is selling out arenas across the world. Let's give this guy some credit here. It's it's where he got his break. That's originally where he's from. Okay. <laughs> Watermelon sugar high, right? Oh, that's how that's how I'm feeling after this week um, of fantasy football. <laughs> Heck yes. I don't know about everybody else, but. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to our week two recap led by the STS Fun Train. What you got for us? Yeah, guys. So another crazy week of football. We had that Miami-Baltimore game, which was bonkers. Uh, we had the Bills blowing out the Titans. You know, we had every every kind of blowout smackdown that, that you could think of. Um, what are some big takeaways that you guys have? I think, you know, first – Trey Lance, obviously super sad that he went down, is out for the season. Does uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, does he change your outlook on the 49ers, offensive players, anything there that uh, sparks your interest or changes for you? Um, I do have to say, well, it, it kills me because if, if any of our listeners know, Trey Lance was one of my breakout stars for the year and it just – I mean, I, I believe in the kid, and it just kills me that his ankle's out. But everyone's thinking this is going to be a um, a team that can make a push to the Super Bowl, and I agree, right? I mean, the only thing that they had changed prior to this season was naming Trey Lance the starting QB, and Garopp Garoppolo's done that. Garoppolo's done, done there. He, yeah, yeah, he's done it before. He's familiar with the offense. Um, I, I, I project everybody to have a, a better – out, fantasy outlook throughout the year, actually. Has, Scott, how about you? Uh, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Um, okay. I was out on the 49ers with Lance. I'm out on the 49ers without Lance. They were not one of my seven NFC playoff teams, and I still don't think they're going to get there. 
Uh, I mean, they lost the Bears week one, which is pretty bad. But uh, I don't think Jimmy G coming in is going to change that too much for them. Um, I think Debo is still going to be the number one wide receiver. Ayuk uh, still going to get his share of looks. Uh, JWJ is going to be the running back until Eli Mitchell comes back. Um, I don't. I don't think much changes. Well, how about this? I mean, we're we're losing a mobile quarterback, right? So we're losing about. I think they were trying to scheme upwards of twelve runs into the game. I mean, can you at least believe that this ups the value of the running backs uh, out in San Fran again? Yeah, maybe Wilson Jr. gets uh, a slight uptick. I think they might try and run some more plays with Debo uh, at running back. But who knows? Uh, I think it's going to take a week for us to actually see a week of practice for them and then a new game script going in. Um, but uh, overall, I don't, I don't think there's going to be much difference from one quarterback to the next. Yeah, it's always a, a mystery with the Mike Shanahan offense. So exactly. we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, that's, um, that's funny that Steven brings up Mike Shanahan because that was actually one of my fantasy rules is rule number 49, don't trust Shanahanigans. Uh, which is Mike Shanahan mixed with Shanahan's. But, yeah, happy with that offense because uh, sometimes the coaching decisions are just questionable slash not sure why he's doing what he's doing. But uh, it's worked for him in the past. You know, he's made it to a couple Super Bowls. So. All right, so let's move on to a couple other big takeaways. So thinking about teams that are maybe worrying you a little bit, um, two that come to mind for me are the Vikings and the Bears. Who are some guys on those teams that, you know, maybe are not performing up to par that you hope it would be? I'll go first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So first, I'm not worried about the Vikings. I think, if anything, I'm just more impressed with the Eagles than I was going into the season. Um, I think they just didn't show up on Monday night. Kirk Cousins being terrible in primetime like he always is. Uh, so I'm not worried about the Vikings. Uh, I don't think there's going to be much impact. I'm still really high on Justin Jefferson. I know he had a down week. I think we saw his floor. Uh, I would not expect any worse than that from him moving forward. Uh, the Bears, a little more worried. Um, like I mentioned before, we're talking about the 49ers. They knocked the 49ers off week one. So they're one and one You know, after this loss to the Packers. And kind of opposite situation, Aaron Rodgers has always owned the Bears. So... Um, I don't know if I could necessarily say I'm worried about the Bears yet. I, I never was high on them to begin with. They weren't one of my playoff teams. Um, but I don't think this week changes how I feel about them. MJ, any concerns from your side, those teams? Uh, yeah. Listen, the Vikes, I that was the one thing I was looking most forward to at the beginning of the year is how, you know, because this is a completely new coaching staff, and and – my thought process was how are they going to transition to the new staff and the new uh, offensive scheme, which I mean, of course, didn't look seamless about uh, out in Green Bay, but this team still has room to grow, you know. And I think uh, Kevin O'Connell knows exactly what he's doing, so they're, they'll turn it around now. Now the Bears, okay, <laughs> my sweet, sweet decrepit Bears. Cole Komet has one target through two games and he's been he was my late round late round tight end pick and it's i mean it hasn't mattered right i've lost i've, I've basically gone 50 50 with or without him but I, I think he's a full fade now really um I, I think even mooney i'm considering completely fading him I, I just think they're gonna i think they're gonna run montgomery to the ground which and i mean and i had to flip-flop on what i said earlier episodes Montgomery has looked good. Montgomery looked so good. He looked like a man who was trying to get a contract renewal, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I, I, I'm actually I'm high on Montgomery now. <laughs> it kills me to say that. Um, and I'm fading the wide receivers because I mean, listen, I think less than this is less than thirty pass attempts. I, I mean, I think it's it's even closer to like. 25 pass attempts 28 for the season gosh yeah so yeah yeah i i I agree i think bears pass catchers right now you have to completely fade i think commit easily drop him mooney 
I still want to hold out hope because they have to throw to someone when they do yeah. start throwing. So I'm holding out a little hope there. David Montgomery, I think he's going to have a pretty solid floor going forward. So feeling great about him. And then going back to the Vikings, agreed that I'm really not concerned about too much with them. I think Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson. We don't have to worry about that. Dalvin Cook, not doing as much as I would hope. But again, I think that that offense is going to get back together and, and take off. So not too concerned with them. Um, on the other side, some teams that maybe are unexpectedly great, at least from a fantasy perspective. How about the Lions and Eagles? How are you guys feeling about the players on those teams? Tell, talk to me about that. Well, I mean, listen, I, I, I've been telling you guys from the start, Eagles are going to be popping off, right? They're my Super Bowl. They're my Super Bowl champs. They're my pick. Um, I am not surprised by any of their production. And I will continue to talk about how great they're in this. <laughs> they have the easiest schedule, too, by the way. If you guys didn't know, they have the easiest schedule this year. And that's um, the easy, some may say. Arguably. Now, the the Lions definitely surprised me. Yeah. The biggest bit of news that, you know, I was talking about preseason was they, they, um, they improved their line. I didn't think Goff could – I mean, he, he – he didn't do so much week one, but his week two performance where he had four passing touchdowns was impressive. I've continued to trash golf. I, I'm starting to flip the script on it. I mean, Amon Ra, it's a hard knocks, right? I mean, I should have known that team was going to be on the rise. Scott, what you think? Yeah, uh, so the Lions were in a lot of games last year. They just couldn't finish, um, and they're doing a little bit better job of that this year, although they let Washington come back into the game uh, here in Week 2. Uh, I, I'm high on uh, ASB and Swift. Uh, the offense is hot, and those two guys are, are basically it's running to them. Um, so, yeah, continue to roll with the Lions players you got. Uh, Hawk will get his chances too. If, if if he's your tight end, I wouldn't lose hope on him yet. He'll get his he'll get his opportunities. Um, the Eagles they're probably the most impressive team for me so far. Just of teams that I thought were gonna make uh, the playoffs, they were one of them. But as like a wild card pick, um, but I, I easily see them winning the division now, especially with Dak being hurt in Dallas. Uh, AJ Brown has been insane. Uh, didn't score last night, but still a leader in that offense. Devontae Smith finally got a bunch of targets and a lot of receptions last night. Um, not a huge fan of the running back by committee, but Miles Sanders has been leading that backfield. Uh, as far as the running backs go, Jalen Hurts has truly been leading that backfield with two rushing touchdowns last night. Uh, they brought up a stat, too, during Monday Night Football with him being the only quarterback besides uh, Michael Vick out of the Eagles uh, that had 333, or it was 300 plus passing yards. It was 333 total. They both had like the same number, which is crazy, and over 50 rushing yards. Um, so I think that's a pretty good stat. That's good company for him. So yeah, definitely high on the Eagles. I don't, I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I, I love watching both of these teams so far. I think. For one, on the Lions, I, I really hate myself for not being higher on Amon Ron St. Brown. I think I, I convinced myself that they would have more weapons. And from someone who is all about the proven commodity, I did not take my own word when it came when it comes to that. Because if I if I would have looked at the history with what Amon St. Brown did down the stretch last year, I would have been much higher on him. So definitely mad at myself for that. And uh, and yeah, on the Eagles, all I can say is A.J. Brown is what we want D.K. Metcalf to be on a good team. <laughs> um, monster to monster to watch. And it's just uh, it's sad to know that 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 could be uh, what we would be seeing from D.K. Metcalf if he wasn't in a uh in a serviceable offense but, but yeah both are really cool teams to to be on the lookout for going forward so uh yeah with that let's move on to a newest segment that we're excited to introduce called brotherly love and i'll turn it over to scott yeah guys so uh this new segment brotherly love because steven and i are brothers and we're all brothers from another mother with mj included uh but this is basically our love hate segment 
Um, so we'll say brotherly love slash brotherly hate. We're each going to have a player here where, based on the matchup, we love for the week and a player that we hate for the week uh, based on the matchup. So for me, this week, my love is Devontae Adams. He is going up against the Tennessee defense. In week one, the New York Giants' lead wide receiver was Sterling Shepard, who put up 71 yards against them. Not great, but it's also the Giants, 71 yards in their lead receiver. Saquon also got 30 yards out of the backfield receiving. In week two, Diggs just destroyed them, 148 yards uh, plus his three touchdowns, which was insane. So I am super high on Devontae Adams this week based on the matchup. If you got him, he's an obvious play every week, but this week I love him. Uh, my hate is the Green Bay running backs, both Aaron Jones uh, and A.J. Dillon. Tampa Bay has given up 138 rushing yards to running backs through two weeks, uh, and the defense as a whole has only given up one touchdown. So if there yeah. is a week to fade the Green Bay running backs, it is week three against Tampa Bay. They're also the highest scoring defense this year so far. So Tampa Bay's defense is looking good, man. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that was my love-hate. Uh, MJ, you want to take yours next? Oh, yeah. So easy peasy, lemon squeezy, pity city against Kansas City. Okay? That's my love. Pittman's going to come back healthy, knock on wood. I, he sat out this week, and the Colts look lost. Okay. <clears throat> they couldn't find a rhythm. And I really think that Matt Ryan to Pity City connection is what drives this team. I mean, even even Taylor looked, I don't know. They just looked completely out of sync. Um, we saw what Mike Williams uh, and Justin Herbert were able to do against this team. Uh, I think Pittman's really just going to light him up. Uh, and I think over 100 yards, definitely a touchdown. My hate for this week has to be Hollywood Brown and sorry, Dave Hollywood Brown against the Los Angeles Rams does not look or sound good to me, especially with how the cards have been looking. I mean, against a, mm, they just not have not looked good and they've been playing behind for so long, which is okay. But when you have Jalen Ramsey marked up against you and Sure, Stefan Diggs destroyed him, dismantled him, made him look like a rookie cornerback week one. Hollywood Brown is no nowhere near the talent Stefan Diggs. So he's my hate for this week. Yeah, for me, um, I'll uh, I'll start with my hate, and that's gonna be Mike Evans. Just kidding. He's suspended, which I'm very <laughs> sad about. Uh, Looking forward to having him back in my lineup in week four. but I don't think uh, it's going to matter, right? <laughs> maybe not. But similar, um, actually on the same team as MJ, my hate for the week are just whoever's playing running back for Arizona, whether it's James Conner, I know he's dealing with an injury, or one of the backups, Daryl Williams, you know, Benjamin, Rams are giving up the third least amount of points to running backs, uh, fantasy points, uh, according to Yahoo. And yeah, I think, you know, obviously they just have a stifling defense. Like MJ said, Arizona has been really struggling playing from behind. So feeling there's going to be a ton of opportunity for them to um, get a lot of yardage on the ground. My love to many chagrin who watched Monday night football is Kirk cousins. Obviously, he really did a horrible job. Um, as m most know, he has a horrible record on prime time, and that record is historically the worst of all quarterbacks ever and is now even worse than it was going into last night. Um, but next week, the Vikings are playing Detroit. Detroit has given up the third most points to quarterbacks um, on Yahoo!, uh, Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz both feasted for Carson Wentz. Obviously, that was the second half comeback. Um, but 
overall, um, I see Kirk Cousins just bouncing back, and I think he's going to score a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, you see his completions to Darius Slay, crazy. He's gonna do. He's he's gonna ball out. <laughs> he had like half the completion to Darius Slay as he did to Justin Jefferson, right? <laughs> I believe in Kirk. All right, great segment of brotherly love, you guys. Um, and now Scott's going to take us to On the Clock. Scott, what you got? Yeah, so for uh, On the Clock uh, this week, we'll start with MJ. We've got the yes. clock ready here. I am uh, ready. Here is your question. Amon Ra St. Brown is the number three wide receiver after two weeks. Okay. Will he finish the season in the top five? If not, where does he finish? Oh, shoot. Okay, and you gave me a full minute. Okay, oh, shoot. That is such a great question. He is... Gosh, Scott. Top five. He's an easy top ten pick to me. But given his current trajectory and the amount of sheer volume that he's been getting from golf, and I think we had this question even last week, what about when Jameson Williams comes in? I still think Amon Ra is going to be pushing the metal. They're still going to be force feeding him. Jared Goff before the season even said, which we should have all listened to, when I'm in trouble, I look for him. I look for Amon Ra. I, yes, he has the absolute potential to finish top five. I will give him the fifth spot because I believe in that just that much. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, and yes, I did accidentally give him a full minute there. Uh, so <laughs> I will take I will fix, a minute. I will fix that for Steven. Uh, but yeah, there you have it. All right, Steven, your question. Miami has two top five wide receivers in half point PPR after two weeks. Can Tua and this offense sustain two top five wide receivers for the rest of the season? Uh, and where will Hill and Waddle realistically finish? Yeah, first answer is an easy no. There's no way that there's going to be two wide receivers on the same team finishing the top five. Um, Hill, easy top ten finish for me. And Waddle, I think, I would say probably in the 15 to 20 range. I think that they're both extremely talented. I think they're both going to feast. But Hill, I think, has a safer floor and higher ceiling. So I'm going to go Hill, top 10, Waddle, top 20. Awesome. Right on time. And uh, that concludes our on the clock segment. We'll move it back over to MJ for MFK. All right, MFK. Uh, everybody listening, you know our spiel. We're not serious about killing these players, right? We love them all. We love the NFL. And this week's rendition, I am going with a couple wide receivers. Okay. And they're a couple middle of the middle of the pack players, but they're they're people who have been, in in my eyes, outproducing what we originally thought. So, my MFK for this week is Christian Kirk, the now resurgent, maybe back Michael Thomas, and the target hog Deontay Johnson. What do you guys got? Who wants to start? Wow, this is really good. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Hey, I've been getting better every week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Deep change from the first week for sure. <laughs> All right, Steven, you got it. You got it. What do you think? Um, I think for me, I am going to have to marry Michael Thomas, build Deontay Johnson, and kill Christian Kirk. Which I don't. I don't love those options again i think you uh, this is a really great question but i think for me michael thomas i think has the highest floor mm, it's pretty close with deontay johnson but i think i think michael thomas has a similar floor to deontay johnson but a higher ceiling i think he's still getting back into it this is what going to be you know, he's only played two games in a couple of years, so he's still getting back into the groove. Him and Jameis are going to, I think, continue to progress together, and I think he's going to be the guy. I know you got Olave and Landry 
out wide as well. But uh, but yeah, I think Michael Thomas. He's obviously he's not going to be the Michael Thomas of a few years ago, but I think he's got a, a pretty pretty high potential ceiling. Deontay Johnson. He is the Steelers' offense right now in conjunction with Najee Harris, and he's definitely their best receiver, most productive receiver. But again, I think due to having either Trubisky or maybe eventually Pickett at QB, his ceiling is a little lower than what I think Michael Thomas has. And then, sadly, Christian Kirk, who's been killing it, um, I would have to kill him just just based on the team. I the Jags, I. Still can't believe in, you know, they're in my eyes one step up from the Jets, where it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. They've done, they've done, a, they've done it a couple, couple of weeks as far as just looking generally better than they have in recent years. But he's he's definitely the guy, wide receiver on that offense right now, and I think he's got a lot of potential. But I, I like the the floor of the other guys more. Okay, all right, great points, Scott. Yeah, for our listeners out there, the whole time I was shaking my head uh, <laughs> no to everything Stephen was saying, pretty much. Um, yeah, we were completely in agreement last week for the first time ever, and we introduced a new segment, segment called Brotherly Love this time around, uh, but there's there's no love here. Uh, I think Stephen is completely wrong. I'll start with my kill first, and that would be Deontay Johnson. That's strictly based on the Steelers' offense as a whole. Uh, I think it's the worst offense of the three uh, of those wide receivers this year. Uh, and there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense besides Deontay Johnson. You also have uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, you've got the Muth, and you've got Najee Harris. And I don't think that Trubisky is getting the job done. Um, I, I don't believe in Deontay Johnson this year. The Steelers have a lot of things to figure out. Uh, my field is Michael Thomas. I definitely think he has had a, really good comeback in the first two weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk bad about Michael Thomas when he was in his prime. He had, you know, the, the past two years were terrible. Uh, he's an amazing wide receiver. He's clearly Winston's favorite target. Um, but for the sole reason that I think I would marry Kirk is why I have to fill uh, Thomas. And that's just – Kirk is – amazing this year he is Mm. definitely the number one target for trevor lawrence he has 18 targets through two weeks uh the offense is clearly running through him it's running through lawrence but lawrence is running it through kirk uh and i I don't see this trend going away anywhere um and i 100 percent disagree when steven says that the jaguars are a step up from the jets i think the jaguars are completely different from the jets this year uh, they're going to give people a run for their money. I think they have a case to be made to be the team coming out of the AFC South. Um, and I think Christian Kirk having a baller year will help them do that. Okay. For the record, Deontay Johnson has 22 targets to Christian Kirk's 18. So I know that Kirk's had the better fantasy season to date, but just want to put it out there that Deontay Johnson, I think, again, still has a higher floor. Give, give me Trevor Lawrence throwing to a wide receiver over Mitch Trubisky any day of the week. Because how many of those targets are actually valuable targets that Deontay Johnson's getting? Or are they just missing left and right, short, high? I don't personally live in the past with the Clemson National Championship. So, again, I'll believe it when I see it with Lawrence. I don't hey, either. But Lawrence has been playing well. Lawrence, believe when you see it, we're super seeing it right now. Super efficient. Yes. I, thank you, MJ. So happy I, I I drafted him in Dynasty. So yeah. So um, so okay, what, what's your opinion? Because Steve and I are completely oh, different. Gosh. Okay, I I will have to kill Deontay. I, I I have a I have a very sore spot in my heart for Trubisky because of what how he performed, and that's a combination with Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, he's gone. Matt Nagy, that that boy gone. So. Trubisky's looked okay, but I, I really like what Doug Peterson has done with the Jags. Okay, and and Michael Thomas has looked excellent as well. Now I will say that I have to marry Christian Kirk. I've been getting higher and higher on that train as much as I've seen him. But Thomas has been getting so many different looks as well. I mean, Thomas has been looking great. 
exceeding all these odds of like what two years he hasn't been able to play a game which is insane uh two years loss of such a great player so i will have to field thomas because of that uh i just because of i i really see kirk having a a, a career year for himself um and he's getting paid the big bucks right so so to to restate you picked exactly what i picked Yes, Scott. Yes, I think yeah. exactly what you did. So I'm talking about, <laughs> and and Stephen is not going to be able to comment on that because he stepped away for a second. But uh, we'll go ahead and start with uh, my MFK, and I'll go ahead and give that to MJ so he can okay. start talking about it. Uh, all of my players come from Stephen's Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Your three choices are Pitts, London, and Cordero Patterson. Man, what a great selection of players scott i'll have to say which honestly okay i do have to comment i in a in a another league i had the choice of picking kyle pitts multiple actually two different home leagues for me i had the choice of picking kyle pitts late okay so like early fourth round and i i remember asking both you guys and you told me to skip over him which i'm still thankful for up to this point because he has provided two dud weeks after such a great performance uh, his rookie year so based upon the comments of the coach arthur smith who says hey we're just trying to win i guess trying to win does not entail including kyle pitts in in the game plan i'll have to marry drake london who is exceeding my own expectations about how well he's going to do um, and I mean, the kid's just bawling out. He, 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 there were comments about his ability to separate. Yeah. He's not having, he's, he's having no problems, even on 50, 50 balls. Right. He's just bawling out proud of the kid. And then I'm going to have to field Cordero who is still getting that volume. He looks so great, um, against both of his matchups, a little iffy against, uh, Tampa Bay, but that's to be expected, right? Tampa Bay has one of the, the best rush defenses, um, I'm I'm very satisfied. I, I mean, bye, Kyle. I'll have to kill Kyle Pitts if I hadn't mentioned that, but he's just not looking good, and I don't think he's part of the plan. Yeah, this is extremely difficult for me. I'm pretty big on positional advantages, and talent-wise, Kyle Pitts is still, I feel like, lengths above his counterparts at the tight end position. I agree. But you're right that – to date, nothing's been shown, so it's difficult to roll with him. So I guess with that said, I'm going to have to marry my guy CP, not CP3, uh, Cordero Pat Patterson. Uh, I think he's easy, solid flex play for rest of season and could be running back to territory based on the matchup with Drake London, who I would feel – Man, I think he's going to be a rock star. But I think, again, just due to Mariota being a quarterback and the Falcons just overall not being a great team, I can see him having some dud weeks. So, uh, again, based off of floor, marrying Quirrell Patterson, fielding London and killing Pitts. Yeah, so I think, once again, I would uh, agree with MJ. My order would be Mary London field trades for Cordero and kill pitch just based on what we've seen so far. And, and Steven, I think made the most important point. Pitts was supposed to be a positional advantage at tight end. People were drafting him late third, early fourth to have that tight end positional advantage. And if he's the guy you rolled with so far, you've gotten 2.9 fantasy points and half point PPR in both weeks one and week two from your guy. In week one, seven targets, two receptions, 19 yards. In week two, three targets, two receptions, and 19 yards. So 10 targets through two weeks, uh, 19 total yards on two receptions each week. He, he is not bringing you that positional advantage right now. Uh, and for Rejaft specifically, I think kill pits right now is the way to go, which we all agreed on. Now, I, the question has to be brought up. This order obviously changes for Dynasty, right, for you guys? Completely. Okay, so then 
I think it's fair to say that we would all kill CP based on him being an older running back. Who would you marry and who would you feel as far as Pitts and London go in Dynasty? That's super tough as well because, again, I feel like Drake London is the future of the Falcons. Mm -hmm. But, again, with the positional advantage, I – I think I would lean towards marrying Pitts and fielding trades for for London again, just just due to you know Pitts's age and, and having that advantage of the tight end position. It's got to come at some point. So, see, so yeah, I think I would flip. In the, and yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree, Stephen. In terms of dynasty, especially with this once, it, it, well. I will say this is the perfect time, I guess, to try and buy pits. If you have somebody who's really just down on their luck and not feeling the kid, this is your time to buy. But he's he. if you did not see him his rookie year, this kid is a once-in-a-generation type of player in a position that doesn't have that many you know, top streamers. I mean, really, at all. I'm, I think very that's more than evident this year. Yeah, very shallow group of tight ends. I mean, outliers that is. So I would, I would actually go ahead and sell, see if I could sell high on London, um, and then keep Mary Pitts in a dynasty. I, I 100% agree with you guys. Uh, yeah. For dynasty, Mary Pitts filled London, uh, kill CP. Pitts is only 21 years old, and. Steven's right. He should pop off eventually at some point. He's going to give you that tight end positional advantage. Uh, the wide receiver position is so deep. There's, you know, a dime a dozen. Um, so I think for Dynasty, there is a clear pecking order. Uh, cool. So, uh, Steven, what do you have for MFK? So I'm going with the group of banged up Cowboys. Ooh. We got Dak Prescott, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup. Obviously, all dealing with different injuries out for different amounts of time. I think I haven't quite looked at the update on Gallup, but I think he could be back this week or next. Dalton Schultz likely out this week. Not sure if he'll be back in the next week or two. Dak, I think, still has at least a few weeks to go at minimum. So who are you guys marrying, sticking with? For the rest of the season, who are you going to fill trades for and who are you going to dump, kill? I'll take this first since they're my Cowboys. Um, Thank you, Scott. Yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll start with my Mary. I think this is a, an easy one, at least for me. I'm, I'm going to marry Schultz. Uh, like Steven said, he's likely only out this one week. Um, he's still a, a huge target getter, second most targets. Actually, I think third now after Pollard through two weeks. Uh, but before the injury, he had four targets last week. Um, he had nine the first week. It's a combination of Dak and Cooper Rush. Uh, so I think I would marry Schultz. Prescott, likely out for at least another three weeks. Um, but I'm going to field trades for him. I think he's still going to be valuable in Dynasty this year. As far as uh, Gallup goes... I don't know if he, when he comes back, if he's still going to be the wide receiver two on that team. I think Schultz slash Pollard are going to get more targets than Gallup would. Uh, so I, I think I have to kill Gallup here. MJ, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I, I, I completely actually, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, the tight ends, what the Cowboys have actually done in the past is always have relied on their tight ends. Jason Witten, Dallas great. That's your safety blanket. Gallup is and always will be the downfield presence from what I've witnessed, right? Scott, would you agree? Yeah, I, I would say he is, he's our down downfield Hail Mary. Yeah. Throw it up, hope he catches it at target. He's not the guy that's going to get you you know, 10 targets in a game consistently. Absolutely. So, and what we've noticed, albeit it was against a really good Bucks team, I just don't think the Cowboys are going to have that much time 
Dak will, won't have as much time to set up for these longer plays, uh, these these plays down the field. So I will have to agree. I'm going to kill Gallup. I'm going to field trades for Dak, and I'm going to marry Schultz, who's, I think him and CD are just, well, gosh, Noah Brown. I don't know about that kid, but but I think they're just going to be target hogs for the rest of the season, missing one game only, Schultz is. Yeah, I think I agree with the order, but I do think maybe we're not giving Michael Gallup enough credit. I think the reason for me that I would kill him is because his value is tied to Dak being healthy. And once Dak's back, I think I would just rather have him okay. compared to the competition available. But yeah, I, I, we haven't seen Gallup in a long time. So, you know, who knows what he's going to do. But man, he can play, he can run, he can catch. Um, and let's, yeah, like, like MJ just mentioned, Noah Brown, 14 targets on the year. He's doing really well. And he was getting targeted by Dak before he went down. Dak went down. So, yeah, I, I think that there are multiple receivers that can be viable in Dallas's offense, you know, again, when Dak returns. So I am, again, of the three killing Michael Gallup, but still looking out for him down the road. I think another way to put it too, Stephen, is what is a realistic situation where you could see Gallup being in your starting lineup? Like, there's got to be so many other options that you could have there at wide receiver or in your flex before you throw Gallup into that starting lineup. Whereas Dak and Schultz are sure bets that you start every week if you have them. Some would say the same about the Washington Commanders. Who would have thought that there are three top three wide receiver, top 30 wide receivers in the offense. If the commanders can do it, you don't think the Cowboys can have at least CD and Dak or CD, sorry, CD and Michael Gallup be two top 30 receivers. I think CD Schultz and Pollard can be three top 30. Wide I think receivers. you guys are way, way too in on this Pollard being a receiver situation. I, I get the talent and he's an awesome player, but I'm not buying that he's going to, be the target hog over uh, over a gallop if he's healthy but uh but yeah good uh good options there good discussion and i think with that we're going to move on to jukebox 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 Juke. So got two great songs for you guys that are hot on the charts right now. <laughs> and I guess I'm just going to nominate one of you guys and, and let you roll with it. So I'm going to start with MJ. All right. MJ, your song is Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. And that's maybe one that I'm sure you've heard on the radio. You maybe just not know off the top of your head, but it's it's a very hot song right now. So make sure you take a listen afterwards. But okay. Um, but yeah, so bad habits. So who's a player that has, you know, maybe continued to disappoint you, but you just can't help but to play him because you have a soft spot for him. A bad habit for you. Hmm. Bad habit. Okay, that. <laughs> That has been so far this season. That's been Ramon J. Stevenson. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like and, it. And oh gosh, which, of course, right before this, you guys, uh, everyone listening, I, I just sent them this tweet about the current Patriots situation. If you didn't know, uh, Ty Montgomery got injured, placed on the IR. He's out for a couple of games, and now Damian Harris is out with a, a leg injury. So Ramondre's now going to be starting, and yeah, Ramondre is he's one of my he's my top I, I think I have him going in the top twelve this year. I can't wait to see him, but it's been a bad habit starting in the past two weeks, <laughs> which I think the most points he's gotten me has been like five points, five yeah. fantasy points. So that's gonna be my my, my bad habit. Uh, so it's a it's a great option. Oh gosh. And we'll turn it over to Scott. The song is pretty simply I Like You. This is a song by Post Malone and Doja Cat. Again, oh. a really hot song right oh, now. great song. I actually know that one. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so this is a player, Scott, who you like but don't love. So someone maybe that you feel comfortable playing in the flex position, someone who's not exciting but provides a safe floor. Someone that you like. Bro, this, is, this is tough. I'm going to need a second on this one. Well, uh, First player pops in your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, like but don't love right now. Flexible. I would say Brandon Ayuk. I think mm. he, depending on your situation, he is still a viable flex play. Um, don't necessarily like the Trey Lance injury, but like I said earlier, I don't, I don't think Jimmy G is going to hurt his value too much. Um, so, yeah, I like you. Definitely don't love you. I need to see some more. Great choice there. Yeah, I like your option. So great job with Jukebox, guys. And I think with that, let's turn it on to some Fantasy Flash. Yeah, so for Fantasy Flash this week, our Thursday night football matchup, we have the Steelers versus the Browns. So the question from that game, does Najee Harris get his first rushing touchdown of the season, yes or no? MJ. Wow. No. Steven. Yes. I need it. Yes. All right. Wow. <laughs> uh, question. Yeah, I, I'm going to say yes. I, I need it as well. So uh, I'll go first on this next one. Sunday, we're going with the late game. This is Sunday night football. We got Broncos versus 49ers. More total fantasy points. Javante Williams or Debo Samuel? I'm going Javante Williams, my boy. Let's go. Oh, give me Debo Samuel all day. These are really hard. Um, more fantasy points? I'm going to say Debo. Okay. Uh, MJ will have you go first on this next one. This is for the Monday night game. We got the Giants versus my Cowboys. More rushing yards. Saquon Barkley or Zeke and Pollard combined? Zeke and Pollard combined. This is hard. I'll, I'll go. I'm going to say Barkley. I was hoping to be the odd man out. Give me Zeke and Pollard combined. All right. I so wish we could debate all this because this this <laughs> is my this has my brain freaking mind melding. But uh, so yeah. So to to recap, we've got uh, no yes yes for Najee Harris scoring a touchdown. MJ no. Steven and me yes. Uh, MJ and Steven went Debo. I went Javante Williams for Sunday Night Football for most fantasy points, and for Monday Night Football. Uh, MJ and Steven went Zeke and Pollard, and I went Barkley. So uh, this week, MJ and I didn't agree on a single one, and uh, Steven and I agreed on only one. So this is going to be some differentiation. Uh, recap real quick from last week. MJ oh, yeah. is 3-0. and oh. Boom, uh, baby. He got all three questions correct, which means uh, Steven went 1-2, and two, and I went 2-1. and one. So MJ got the pick correct on Herbert. Uh, he got four net over Camara, which bit of an asterisk there because Camara yeah, being out and not playing, which Stephen called Camara, uh, and he called AJ Brown over Jefferson on Monday Night Football, which thanks to Kirk Cousins, I got wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and submit a formal request that we throw out the four net and Camara question. I think hey, we have to take into account. No, 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 no. We did the podcast before there was any kind of injury report before we knew anything about Camara being out. Like, I think this it isn't was, like a season bet, though. This is a one week kind of situation. I feel like that's something. Hey, can I can throw. Out. We can, yeah, like I said, like Scott said, we can throw an asterisk besides your one we'll, and we'll two. Throw, we'll throw an asterisk <laughs> besides your one and two, but. Our standings right now are MJ's at three and zero. I'm at two and one. Steven's at one and two. Going into week three, and I'll pass it back over to MJ. Um, great, you guys. Well, I think we've we've all had fun today. Uh, I think the perfect description of what fantasy football is um, actually would be Scott. Scott, who had a fantastic week one. His players were hitting on all cylinders. 
and for it all to be just tumbling down this week and players that were shining just letting him down of course kirk cousins was one of the main (laughs) i was like justin jefferson didn't let me down kirk cousins let justin jefferson down which let me down kirk cousins and darius slay uh and i went against nick chubb in three leagues so just i'm still bitter about that had he just gone down taking a knee and won the game for his team instead of giving the game to the jets he would have also won the game for my team by not getting that third touchdown in one league. So I'm not bitter or anything. I'm not bitter. Yeah, not bitter. Hey, which which is all a part of fantasy football, the ebb and flow of fantasy football and why we love it so much, right? So much. Um, (laughs) But I just want to thank everybody for tuning in who's listening. Thank you so much for continuing to support us. If you have it... Hey, if any of you who listen to us, you probably know us, send us a text. Ask us something to include in the show, right? We'd love to do that. Uh, hopefully in the future, we're going to be having some guests from our own very leagues uh, hopping on here, do a talk. Um, otherwise, I'm MJ. Uh, Steven, would you, you want to add anything? Now, just thank you all so much for listening. We look forward to having lots of fun in the weeks to come. Love that we're here in the NFL season. Yeah, Scott? Yeah, we really enjoy doing this. Um, If you're listening, we hope you enjoy it too. Great. And uh, as everyone knows, this is What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby.